What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Middle car! Hey, babe! Monday Night Football was good, huh? Oh, yeah. Gotta just, gotta love football, guy. Gotta love, uh, just watching guys throw the pigskin around Monday Night Football just year-round. What, uh, how was San Jose State in the, uh, golf, uh, college golf tournament you watched on Monday afternoon, evening? You know, I'm the first, I'm as guilty as anyone when there's, like, Jags, Cam Newton, Patriots on Monday night. I'm like, I can't believe they're forcing us to watch it, and then I watch every snap. And then the season ends, and you're like, holy shit, I got nothing to watch. God, I miss. I I would watch a Jaguars practice right now. Football leaves. The other sports are just like the Timberwolves. Like, I'm sorry. This is, I'm struggling to consume this. You know what? I think a big part of it is, and it just hit me, because you're right. Sometimes you just get a bad game, NFL game, and it's just bad, and it's not good enough. And by the end of that game, you're ready to turn it off. Yeah. But what you do have is around noon, eating lunch, and you look at the clock, and you go, four hours from now, there's going to be a football game on here on the West Coast, right? Yeah. Four and a half hours. I just got to power through, and Monday, so much of life is about the thing that leads up to the thing that you're going to do that you're looking for. It's just the anticipation. It's the fun. Like, you know who does a great job of pushing that is Disney. When you watch, like, TV and you see a Disneyland or a Disney World commercial, you notice, I've noticed this. A lot of their commercials, like they got one airing right now that the commercial is showing images of families like packing and running around the house, wearing their Mickey ears before the trip. Like they're selling the excitement that you're going to have before you go. Genius. Not even the experience. And that's Monday Night Football. It's like, just get me to the open and bum, 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 bum. Like that's, that's, that's more than half of it. It's just the day you spend looking forward to it. But then, guy, the great part about Monday Night Football, by about Tuesday afternoon and leading into Wednesday, all of a sudden you got Thursday Night Football right around the corner. Exactly. That's the thing with Thursday Night Football. You get these two games for 15 weeks, and then it just disappears. 
And now we got one game left. And I, listen, I love draft talk and I love free agent speculation. But I just the, the, the other content that's on uh, golf, I only get on the weekends, really. And then, the, you know, a couple hours in the afternoon on Golf Channel Thursday, Friday. But I know most people ain't watching that. And I've seen the NBA ratings. You're not watching that. It's just we just got to start reading again. I, I need to read a book, guy. Mm. That's that's what I need to do. Read a book. I spend a lot of time on YouTube. Yeah, I do too. So, podcast brought to you by Ease.com, promo code HAM or Ease uh, or promo code HAM10. You posted on Instagram the uh, Caminos. I reposted it and immediately got a DM from a buddy. He's like, I just had those last week at another buddy's house. And I said, tell him promo code HAM. Sounds like he's a returning user. Tell him promo code HAM10. Yeah, HAM10. Returning users, get yourself a little 10% discount. Ease.com, E-A-Z-E.com, promo code HAM, Caminos, edibles, pre-rolls, vapes. Just go. Just check out the menu. They, they have a ton of stuff. Deliver it right to your house. It, it, it just not. It doesn't get any easier. You just walk out. You live in a condo, walk downstairs. You live in a house, the guy pulls into the driveway. It's no different than your Grubhub order, right? Or your pizza delivery. Or, hell, your Amazon delivery. I mean, I think... So keep an eye on that guy. In 2020, I think everything moving this next decade, everything in life is going to get delivered. <laughs> you know, everything. We'll just we'll turn that way. But we, that's where E's already ahead of the curve. They're already the cannabis delivery business. Number one in America. Definitely number one in uh, California and number one in our hearts. That's right. And should be number one for you. Tell your friends. Tell your cousins. Tell your sisters and brothers and parents and everyone you know. Group text. Just <laughs> do it right now if you're listening to this. Got to be 21 or over. You get verified online in minutes. Bing, bang, boom. Right to your door. Easy. Easy peasy, guy. Uh, just like you can sit on your couch and go to mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1 to lay your bets. Mybookie.ag, promo code HAM, and the number one, you use that uh, promo code. Mybookie will match your first deposit up to 50, uh, 50%, up to $1,000. Remember, if you do accept that bonus amount, you do have to bet the full amount before you can withdraw funds. You can also decline the bonus, but either way, use the promo code HAM1. Uh, lets them know you came from the Haberman and Middlecoff Show. Yep, mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1. Here's what we got. We clearly have the Super Bowl, and that's right around the corner. We talked about that yesterday, three and a half. The props are going to be just endless. That, that You can find those on mybookie.ag. Uh, you have college basketball. You have the NBA. You have this Torrey Pines this weekend. I can I got a couple guys. Co-crack, Gary Woodland, 66-1 to and 65-1. to Both, Gary Woodland's won a U.S. Open before. This is a U.S. Open course here a little bit later this year. I, I read something. We were at Actually, the U.S. Open that he won. Yeah, we were. Uh, I just, I kind of like Gary Woodland. He played well last week. Uh, he had a hip injury. I think that he had some, uh, some, you know, uh, doctors check up on, fixed it. Yeah, so he's he's healthy and he's playing well. I'm glad there's some explanation because I took him a lot after he won the U.S. Open on DraftKings. I, 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 I did too. Louis, Louis Ustasian, another guy, 60 to 1. I like putting these guys deep odds. You can put $25, as he did with Max Homa, it would have paid $3,500. Even with Gary Woodland, $2,500 pays like $1,800. If he's just in the mix, the high you get for that $25, you just can't spend a better $25, right? You just can't. That is the fun part about betting on golf. You get these amazing returns. Even if the guy's just into it, you're you're getting your money's worth being on the edge of your seat. Unless Max Homa starts like double, double, double. I know you wanted was like an hour of Sunday uh, entertainment. Uh, what do you think about the yeah. number three and a half, by the way? Do you think that's going to go up? Do you think it's worth jumping on if you are thinking about taking the Chiefs to cover three and a half points? Well, I, I think Brady is a unique uh, just entity in this whole thing. Because if they were just playing 
a g- really good team. Even Aaron Rodgers, you'd be like, I, I don't know. I just think they're the Chiefs, the Chiefs, the Chiefs. But you're like, are you going to bet against Tom Brady? Like, I think that's the thing you'd be thinking as someone that bet on the Packers. I just bet against Tom fucking Brady. And yeah. even when Tom's not good, he still succeeds. So it's just like, he just, would it shock you if Tom is up there holding the trophy and the, uh, you know, things are falling on his head and everyone's celebrating? How could it? He's done that six times. And even the other times that he's lost, he, it's not like he's getting blown out in the Super Bowl. Everyone's on the edge of your seat, right? He's in them all. I know. Are you more confident that Tom Brady's going to play well or Pat Mahomes is going to play well? Pat Mahomes. See, I Tampa's one of the best defenses in the league. Uh, not that Pat's going to be nervous or anything, but the Chiefs' defense is going to be easier, I think, for Tom than several defenses he played this year. If anything, they're kind of equals. I'm, I, Mahomes is probably a better individual talent right now, but we just I just know the way Brady operates. Especially well, this year guy is easier because they don't have to like run around, you know, with the Super Bowl that week. It's just normal. You yeah. Just, I the Chief, I saw I read the Chiefs flying in on Friday. Wow. I think it's going to be much more like a normal game. I, I um and Home the one of the Bucks flying in. Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> Um, I think this. I think if you think that you might like the Bucks, I'd wait because I think it's going to get a little bigger. That'd be, I agree. That'd be my advice on this game two weeks out. Well, I got I got one for you. Here's a quick prop. We'll just put this in. MyBookie.ag okay. promo code HAM1. Proppy prop prop. Super Bowl MVP winner. The two heavy favorites are Mahomes, one-to-one. Exactly one-to-one, plus 100. Brady, two-to-one. If you like the Bucks to win, how does he not win it? Right, he's probably going to throw three or four touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, I could. I'll tell you this right now. You want my? Tell me right now what Devin White's odds are. Uh, you're thinking like a couple picks. Well, maybe a pick six. John, I've watched him the last two weeks. He's everywhere. He's causing fumbles. He's getting interceptions. He's recovering fumbles. See, now we're talking like golf odds, sixty-six to one. Give me Devin White right now. What about uh? What if playoff Lenny goes for a hundred three touchdowns? Yep. What's his odds? What about the honey honey badger? A couple picks, maybe a pick six, 40 to one. I like it. Hart McCole Hardeman. What if he takes a kickoff to the house and catches a deep bomb? Probably he's not going to get enough action, though. That's all it takes, though. It only takes a couple of plays. Is there any way that Kelsey or Hill could win it over Mahomes? Yeah. Because Ty would take like Three touchdowns, especially Tyreek's catching like screens. He's doing all, you know, he's out there on a punt return. If you had to pick one of them, they're both ten to one. Hill or Kelsey, more likely. I think uh, that's hard. I mean, my first reaction is Kelsey, but in my mind, I can see Tyreek doing things that earn him the award, even though Mahomes has to be involved too, right? A little jet sweep, end around, all that kind of shit. So that's Edelman why I would at one time. Tyreek. I, I, yeah, I would too, based on that. Maybe like nine catches, a buck fifty, and two touchdowns, and one of them goes for like sixty, where he makes like three guys miss. Yeah, maybe the game-winning touchdown. Yeah. What about fifty bucks on both? Ten to one. You, one of them wins five hundred bucks. I like it. I like it a lot because both those guys. You see the numbers. I was I look up and it's like thirty-eight to fourteen or whatever, and they throw both the guys' numbers. It was like one guy had nine, the other guy had ten, one guy had one twenty, the other guy had one hundred five. I'm like, these guys are on. Uns- these two are unstoppable. Like the triplets, Aikman, Emmett, and Michael, 
who are all-time great players. All three Hall of Famers. Emmett, leading rusher, I think still. Someone passed him. I don't know. Aikman, probably the worst Frank Gore, of the group. Frank Gore still, hasn't passed him yet? Maybe he did. I this group's so. better, right? Like Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill. They're not as a Well, the quarterback is more talented. But like, is Tyree Kill and Kelsey to me are just better than Emmett or Michael. And those guys are all-time great players. Maybe am I underselling yeah, them? Yeah, I, I, I like. don't know, but I, I don't know. I, I don't know about that. The era Travis though is going to go down it. as a. That's true. It's hard, but you're right. Tr- tr- but th- he'll be better. Th- this is, if anything, this is like a modern day, just like trio that's unstoppable. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. You think it's better than uh, the J- the triplets from the Bucks that the Bucks had? Jameis, Mike Evans, and uh, who's the third? That guy? was a pretty good trio, though. I think it was Godwin. Was it? Last year, yeah. No, like two years. Remember, it was like a conversation like two years ago, three years ago. OJ Howard, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> All right. By the way, John, uh, we did a quick conversation about Aaron Rodgers. So everybody, that's on YouTube because we watched the Pat McAfee. You're like, Rodgers on McAfee right now. So I flipped on YouTube on my phone. And uh, then we recorded a video. So that's on YouTube, our Rodgers. Yeah. We got separate content up there. So you like content? We got separate content on there. Haberman and Middlecoff YouTube page. Go uh, subscribe to it. Go like it. Also, uh, Ham Mailbag. We'll get to that at the end of the podcast today. Go to iTunes to get in on that. Yep. Leave a leave a question. We'll answer it at the end of the show. Mailbag. Five star. Mail time. The Niners, like many others, interested in Matthew Stafford. The question is, do they have more than picks to offer the Lions? And would Jimmy Garoppolo do anything for Detroit? Well, I, I think we need to, before we talk about the picks, and the pick that's going to be talked about is number 12, and that's a powerful pick. It's going to be more powerful potentially than every other team that's going to be in the mix, assuming that I can't see him agreeing to like leave the Lions to go to the Panthers. Uh, and maybe I'm wrong, but I, I, I have a hard time seeing that. He would want to go, you could even argue the Niners like, well, they've had one really good year out of the four Kyle's been there, but I think they're viewed a little bit differently like that. Clearly the media and us and the way football people talk about it, who, you know, we consider ourselves football guys too, but it's just the Niners are in the categories like the Saints and the Colts, even though those teams literally make the playoffs every year. The Niners are like, hey, we've been there once in uh, eight years, but that's just, that's the way they get considered. And I think it's fair because of Kyle. I do think we need to try to figure out like, does Jimmy have any value? And eventually, I think he does in the sense of, you saw last year like Foles. Foles had this great moment in the Super Bowl, but for the most part, he's been pretty underwhelming his career. But people always kind of wanted him because the Jags wanted him, then the Bears wanted him. Where Jimmy has been highly thought of and started on the Niners Super Bowl team and was you know cultivated by Belichick there forever, that I do wonder if he still has value as like, I get this guy as my quarterback, he, if I'm in a pinch, not even in a pinch, he's just better than a lot of other guys that I could acquire if I can't acquire like Deshaun Watson and if Matt Stafford's leaving, right? So if I'm going to trade Matt Stafford and even just draft, let's say Trey Lance or Zach Wilson or whoever, maybe I, I think it's becoming a little more in vogue to like sit a guy. I mean, the Chargers had planned to sit Justin Herbert. They sat Tua for a large period of time. But to sit a guy, you usually need a Tyrod Taylor, a Ryan Fitzpatrick. Now, Jimmy's more expensive than that guy. But his contract, if you do have the money, 
you'd just be switching Stafford for Jimmy, but like Jimmy is very flexible for you. You can just cut him at the end of the year. Maybe if he has a solid year, you can flip him. Uh, I I do think you can talk yourself into value. Now, I don't think he has great value. Like you're not getting back what you traded for him a second. But could you justify that as like a mid-round pick and just getting a starter that has been a starter for Kyle Shanahan, has been around Brady, like on paper brings a lot of positives to a room if you're going to need a quote-unquote bridge guy anyway, especially if you're kind of resetting. He's an expensive bridge. He, yeah, because he's $27 million against your cap. Um, I think the Foles example is interesting because when Foles went to Jacksonville, Correct me if I'm wrong. John Filippo was there as the offensive coordinator? Yes. And then and he had been with him in Philly. And then he goes to Chicago. And Matt Nagy's there. And he had been with him in Philly. Flip and the Colts were also... What's that? John Filippo was there. And John Filippo was there, too. too. The Colts were a team that were mentioned with him before they signed Phillip. And I think that was pretty real. They, The Bears ultimately... I you know reworked his contract and gave him a little more. But cash Frank Reich, him, right? same deal. Yeah, was in Philly, knew him. Like I think with Jimmy, I don't know if he's got a lot of value to a team that doesn't have somebody that has seen him up close and thinks there's value. That's where the Texans come in. The Texans might now again. I'm not talking about him in the context of a Deshaun trade. I'm talking about him in a context where maybe they trade Deshaun away and then they make a separate move with the 49ers. Yeah. For Jimmy, what about what about what what if you want to bring Jimmy in to compete with Daniel Jones? And if you're the Giants, hypothetically, and Joe Judge had spent time around him, I would have a hard time, John, spending twenty seven million dollars on a quarterback when the cap's going down. Who's not going to be paying, my starter? I, my sixth round, but but Jimmy Garoppolo is better than Daniel Jones. Yeah, but I'm Daniel just saying, Jones like this guy's. Up. If I'm trying to win, this guy better be really good because he might be twenty. He might be not twenty percent of my cap, but almost twenty percent of my cap. Yeah, that's where it's a struggle. And and the other thing is like the Lions are the Lions trying to be good this year? No, but I, you always need that. You need someone to play quarterback. Yeah, like when the when Kyle Shanahan showed up and hit, he blew it up. Right? I mean, it was already kind of blown up. He brought in Brian Hoyer. I, when Brian Flores went to Miami, like you Fitzpat, you just need that individual. Now Jimmy is much more expensive than that, but I do think he's one. And he's been highly thought of by high-level coaches. And it can just, if you do have the financial flexibility, I also think like for Stafford, let's say another team, Houston or the Giants or something, you could trade Jimmy if they don't want Jimmy, you know, a separate deal and use that pick to trade to package with like 12 and, you know, one of your third round picks or you can't, or maybe that's a fourth round pick or whatever it may be. Belichick takes them right back. Uh, in a situation, I think Jimmy has value just from on the standpoint. Sean Payton. That, yeah, but that's where I get back to Dan Campbell. We knew Sean Payton really liked Jimmy Garoppolo, and they he had played really well against him trade. two years ago. He played well against him. Who was on that staff? Dan Campbell, who was his assistant head coach. Dan Campbell. They Dan Campbell's an offensive guy. Like they talked about Jimmy Garoppolo. That's where I think the Detroit situation is a little unique. With having been around Sean Payton, seen him up close and personal in that game, I just wouldn't rule it out. Now, I'm not saying, like, I see way too much of, like, a second and Jimmy for Stafford. Jimmy and uh, a one and a two for Deshaun. Like, I don't think his value is that great. 
but he does have value. I, I think there's a difference of people acting like he's a premium asset. He's not. And people acting like he's trash. He's not. He's a complicated asset because he's injured. He's expensive. But when he's on the field, he's much better than most of the quarterbacks all these teams could acquire. Like the Bears. If Jimmy Garoppolo could start 16 games for the Bears next year, that is an upgrade over what they've had. Bars low. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I also think, you know, if he's going to get you a fifth-round pick and you're going to use the 12th pick to acquire a quarterback, let's just say for the sake of conversation, Trey Lance is the 49ers quarterback. And the Lions are also going to acquire a quarterback, but they also want Jimmy there so they don't have to start that rookie quarterback. It might make sense for the Niners to keep Jimmy Garoppolo around if their new quarterback is cheap. If their new quarterback's Matt Stafford, then that doesn't make sense. But if their new quarterback yep. is a quarterback, it might yeah. make sense for Jimmy Garoppolo to remain on the roster if he has no great value on the trade market. Yes. If Matt Stafford, Jimmy Garoppolo will survive if Matt Stafford is not on the team. Or Deshaun Watson or something like that level. And they draft Unless they hate him. Unless they're like, we don't want him around anymore. We just want Trey Lance to be here. We can just play. I think I can play right away with him, right? Kyle Shanahan you, had a lot of success. But you wouldn't with trade Jimmy Garoppolo before Trey Lance, right? You'd have to know. No, you'd have you to wouldn't know. know you'd yeah. be able to get. You'd have to know. But I'm just saying, like Kyle Shanahan might think. I'm not convinced that Kyle thinks that that if he drafts a rookie, he needs to keep Jimmy around. I, I could very. I'm not in fact, around. I if you asked me, I, I would think Kyle thinks if he drafts a quarterback, he's playing that guy, um, yeah. because he had so much success with with Robert as a rookie. Now Robert was. You know, second overall pick. Second overall pick, but we're, but you're drafting 12, so if you're drafting a quarterback, you're try, you're probably getting him at eight or nine or something. You got to move up. That 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 is very fair. He won. He made the playoffs that year with a rookie quarterback, and he changed an offense that has nothing to do with his offense. Right? He, it's I, not even a player. He didn't even want gets, the player. That year gets almost underrated with the both totally. the dad and Kyle. Like that's pretty impressive. It's <laughs> just. Yeah, we just uh, implemented this offense that they ran at Nevada. We just you know, put it all in. I think it also gets underrated for Robert. Like, Robert Griffin bust. It's like, yeah, remember the rookie of the year? Yeah. But remember, luck was better. His stats were a little no, I understand. I forget the about too. the award. It's I, just I, I he know, was really good. Yeah. So. It's almost like Shanahan's know what they're doing. Yeah, I you know, I I would be pro if you draft a quarterback starting that guy and using the money that you're saving on Garoppolo on a bunch of other players because you have other needs. I would be... It's not a, it's not out of the realm of possibility that they draft a quarterback that, let's just say, Jimmy stays on the roster. They're not able to acquire any of these guys because they deem Stafford too expensive. Maybe the Colts overpay. I doubt they would ever be in the Deshaun Watson mix. Jimmy stays. They're able to land quarterback X. Maybe they trade Jimmy the next day to the Patriots, Right. We've seen Bill's very patient, and he'll just kind of sit and wait. And maybe he can get Jimmy for a fifth, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I think it. I think it is. I'm with you. Just because they draft a guy, there's no guarantee that Jimmy stays. And I think that's kind of conventional wisdom. I'd like, still well, bet. I would. Guy, you still have Jimmy. I look as someone who has said for a while. I let's not just assume Jimmy's not going to be back. I think if they draft a quarterback with their first pick, I, I would say it's. Over 50% that he's gone. Because he costs um, 20. Because I, I could see Kyle I'd probably thinking, lean 50-50. Okay. Because you, you're That's kind fair. of spending your money. Because your money, it'd be kind of irrelevant by the draft time. It's not like, well, he's got 
Nadama can sue. That's true. Uh, seven other sweet dudes out there. Everyone gets paid. You got to get rid of Jimmy to That's use true. that point. money in middle of March. Mm-hmm. Like by the time the draft hits, it's more just about you'd get rid of them because maybe you'd want flexibility to maybe pull a trade. Could you give? Could right? you give a free agent just a Zenny endorsement deal and then restructure their contract after the draft? Well, I think you've probably all used up Zenny's marketing budget. You'd have to use like Ike's or <laughs> Zenny's uh, Pickles. Zenny's or, too deep yeah. in the kittles. Okay. <laughs> yeah. They, that, that got the extra, you know, we're like, how did they only get them for 30 guaranteed? <laughs> well, because the, the Zenny 10 million over five years if, made up for Has it. anyone driven in the Bay Area lately? It's nothing but Zenny Kittle billboards everywhere. When I, pl- when I played Harding Park, like a couple weeks ago, driving by the Bay Bridge, I I'm saw George Kittle like seven different times. And his wife, Claire. Seven. Oh my God, he's fucking everywhere. <laughs> I, trust me, we as someone who's looked into it for marketing, those billboards are not cheap, especially the digital ones. Even in Corona. Zenny is spending some cash. A less Sneed, the GM of the uh, Rams, spoke to the media. I'm reading a tweet from Greg Beecham. A quote. Less Sneed, when asked point blank whether Jared Goff might not be on the Rams next year. Not going to get into those specifics. That's the beautiful mystery of the future. Jared Goff is a Ram at this moment. It's way too early to speculate. So he's channeling his inner Aaron Rodgers on that one. The beautiful mystery of the future. But man. Well, it went from the head coach and the quarterback need marriage counseling to like if... You know, if McVeigh, let's say, is the wife in this situation, Les Snead is the wife's best friend, we know who he's siding with because that's basically Les Snead drafted this guy number one overall, traded up, gave him this enormous contract. Now, he's no dummy. The cash cow for the Rams currently is not Aaron Donald. It's not Jalen Ramsey. It's definitely not Goff. It's the little guy with spiked hair. Who just was, I think, in like Turks and Caicos or Cabo with his uh, beautiful fiance, Veronica. Did they run into uh, Shanahan and Yuschek? Uh, I, I don't know. They were just they were just lounging by the pool a lot with some football on in the background <laughs> and some beers. So uh, it wouldn't shock me if they ran into each other. But they have themselves a problem. And we said at the moment, we talked about it with the marriage counseling. To me, marriage counseling is is only an apt comparison. If it's, he's not, you know, he can, if it's intangible stuff, he's not showing up early enough. He's not taking his film study hard enough. He's not, he, he's not all in on stuff that other quarterbacks like the Brady's, the breezes, the rivers hang their hat on. Right. It's like, God, we can't kick this guy out of the building. God, this guy, you know, the, I remember when, uh, remember the saints, former offensive lineman, I forget his name. Who's now the play by play guy for their radio. When he retired, he gave this incredible speech. I think yeah. his last name starts with an S. He gave this incredible speech about Drew Brees crying, about when he left the office every Thursday, the offensive lineman, they'd order Drew, Drew food, and they always respected how much he worked. And I think Drew Brees is definitely known for that. Zach Strife? Strife? Yeah. He's, yeah. And he just talked about, like, Drew's – and it's just – it's it's like uh, – it's stuff of legend, right, all these guys, like how – and to me, like if the marriage counseling and like he's got to run faster, he's got to throw it harder. Like that's that's impossible to counsel. Like Jared Goff is what he is. It does feel just by the quotes because you don't motivate his talent is his talent. If you think he's maximizing his talent, I think you would respect that and just be like, you know, we probably fucked up on the money, but the guy's given us everything he has. These quotes do not read like that, right? You, you just 
that was a basically kind of a a football f you to Jared Goff. Like this ain't good enough, bro. Well, yeah, I mean it, it's it's he's here because he's under contract. There's really nothing we can do about his future. Well, they can't get a divorce, right? <laughs> yeah. So if he was Jimmy Garoppolo's contract, would you say that Jared Goff would be on the Rams next year? No, no chance. He, right? I mean. Sean McVay was disappointed that he didn't get to play. Uh, what's his name? Yeah, AAF. AAF. So uh, it feels to me like they're trying to motivate him, which is a red flag that you would need that. Now, we, we don't know, but if they just thought, you know, he's doing everything he can, he just physically, there's nothing we can do about the limitations he has. And damn it, he's, he's Rudy Rudiger in practice every week, but it's just, it's, there's only so much the guy can do. I don't think they talk about him this way. You remember last year with Jameis, and he was throwing all the picks, and it felt like you know, listen, it's he, he's not good enough for us. But all the quotes that were coming out were like, listen, this guy's working hard. All of his teammates were saying like he's trying. It's not from like a lack of effort. And then when they when they went with Brady and they weren't going to resign him, everything said, like, listen, Jameis did everything possible. We just got Tom Brady. He was throwing all these picks, but we did not think it was because he was, like, fucking around. And then Sean Payton got him. It's like, you know what? I actually think Jameis is maximizing everything he has. It does feel, with these quotes, because I we've seen these guys talk about quarterbacks. If you follow the NFL for a long time, it's, it's easy to understand. Like, that's not usually the way you talk about someone that you know you're going to have back on the team. I, I just wonder if they are not happy with Jared Goff putting all his chips in the middle of the table on the sport of football. Because if you were, I, I just, I, I've been around long enough to know that's not the way you treat a guy that you think he's going to war for you. And and we, we don't even need to read their quotes. They went with the dude Walford from AAF. Yeah, like, but Walford from AAF could be as simple as what I said. Like he's put, you know, Goff just, the game's passed. There's nothing he can do. He's not good enough. Like the no, action. I know, but 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 they had they had essentially now he was injured, but he was dressed. They benched him that game for the other guy in a playoff game, which is which. Looking back, I and I thought about this the moment that Aikman started being like, God, they they were just excited on this guy, Jared Goff sitting on the sideline, and then his quotes after was like, Yeah, it was a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, that was basically an enormous guy. This was the playoff. No, no, I know. I'm just saying that when that happened. We don't know what they think of him, the guy, but we know that they don't think he's good enough. And we don't know if there's yeah. more at play. But sometimes if you're down on his play and you're not really all in with like the guy, and when I say the guy, like I don't think he's getting in trouble or anything. I the standard for quarterbacks is probably unfairly high. What is what is expected of you? Right? You're working basically coaches hours. And back to the breezes and the mannings and the break. I mean, these guys, the Rodgers, like the time they put in. If you thought the guy was equaling and maximizing his potential, this guy, you've had success with him. Yeah. I, I just I, wonder if you would have just leaned, like, we'll go down the ship with the guy we drafted, we paid, we liked. He's trying to win. Yeah, you know, just he, trying to he's win. He's not a good player. But uh, you know what I think about when you talk about a quarterback putting in the time? I think about the video that Reggie Bush posted last year of Drew Brees in the empty practice facility going through audibles all by himself and air basically a one on 11 on air um and you know then we go back to this quote from from Les Snead uh, the future uh it's a beautiful mystery the future Jared Goff is a ram at this moment it's way too early to speculate 
how is he not a Ram at the next moment? Like, that's the other thing. Is, is there a scenario where they just, they're just so unhappy they cut him and move on? To me, to me, that un- comment is, that comment's a lack of respect for the guy right now. Yeah. You, you don't, you don't talk about a guy that you respect. Well, I'm just saying, the, you don't talk about the Niners, like- who Jimmy's been a way bigger disaster than Jared Goff, given that he doesn't even play. Yeah, uh, but not given the salary, the contract. Yeah, but he makes a lot of money too. I know, but you, they can walk away but, right now. But but my, my my point is that they have never spoke about Jimmy like that, even when they were mad at the situation. No, like that's pretty telling that they just said we don't even care. We're not even hiding it. Yeah, but, well, exactly. And they're saying about a guy that is the odds that he's back have to be like ninety eight percent. Well, ninety eight. I'd say it's a hundred. They have no money. They have no picks. Our pets' I mean, heads what, are falling off. <laughs> yeah, they, what are they going to do? They're stuck with a guy, and like you. It could just be as simple as like, listen, we've tried everything. Let's go a little tough love. I think the Eagles get a lot of shit for being like the opposite. Like Carson's our guy. We love Carson. Carson, 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 Carson. Yeah. Jerk off Carson. Yeah. The Rams are like, well, fuck it. We've been doing that for the last couple of years. It hasn't worked. Let's go the and other way. And we're stuck. Got to try something. Yeah, and we're stuck. So we might as well just try a different pitch here. I, I don't know if this pitch works. Yeah, but they're out of options. Yeah. This feels like a Hail Mary. You know what Which they could do is just really draft fixable. a quarterback high, cheap, and play that guy. High? Well, I mean, not high, but you know what I'm saying? Like Mac Jones in the second yeah. round? And just try to have him beat him out. It's a problem if you can't, though. Which would be hard. Like, if I told you, let's just say realistically, two guys. Mac Jones or Kyle Trask is drafted their highest pick, and they get those guys. How does that guy beat Jared Goff out? Especially if there's no OTAs. Well, I mean, they Probably might. impossible, yeah, right? It's, yeah, I mean, unless McVay just plays him anyway. You could rig it. Yeah, yeah, you could rig it. God. Mess. He's the head coach. John, $55 million in prizes up for grabs at DraftKings. Sign up with code HAM. Sign up with code HAM right now. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55, is bringing back the golden ticket giveaway. Yep, guy. Right now, did you uh, put out a golf game? This I think you tweeted it out I earlier, did. right? Yep. Uh, so we got a golf game going right now. Download the DraftKings app, promo code HAM, really easy to do, promo code HAM when you download the app, you can get in our game, little golf game, little Tory Pines, we got a Super Bowl next week, we're going to have golf games going, uh, NBA's going, college basketball, baseball's right around the corner, can't recommend it enough, download the DraftKings app, promo code HAM, do it now, and obviously with the Super Bowl, you got a chance to win a million dollars, one million dollars. That's right. All you have to do to get your share of these huge prizes, enter the DraftKings free Super Bowl prediction challenge. Once you submit your picks, you'll get a free instant prize of up to $25,000. Download the DraftKings app now, enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everybody gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing. Promo code HAM. Use it right now. Enter the free $55 million Super Bowl challenge only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55. Terms and conditions and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. You ever been to Mobile, Alabama? Never, uh, no, never been to Mobile. How many times have you been in the Senior Bowl? A couple. As an NFL employee, Eagles polo yeah, shirt. a couple. Yeah. Cold. Uh, I saw it today. There's a lot of weather. They're moving things indoors, outdoors, whatever. Yeah. Have you ever refused to get on a scale because you were too skinny? <laughs> And you and you did not want to see a number that was too low. Never. I've wanted to not take my shirt off in gym class, but I've never not wanted to get on a scale because I was too skinny. That's never happened. Have you got onto Have you got onto a scale over you know quarantine times? 
Uh, I have not. No. Yeah. Have you? I'd say I'd say I I did it today, and it was uh you know not bad, not great. I have never though once got onto a scale worried that it wasn't going to be low enough. And when I saw the story of the Heisman Trophy winner refusing to get on a scale cl- clearly because he was doesn't want to see a number in the one six eight yep. or whatever. You could argue even like one seven one, whatever it would be, would just be very low, right? We talked a lot about Rugs last year, who I think last year's draft people just viewed him as the small, fast guy. Weighed 188 pounds, which I think NFL standards still pretty small. I text my buddies with the Eagles. I said, "What was Deshaun when he was drafted?" And they said, "I remember when he first got here, it was like 168, 169." But it wasn't because of talent. I mean, his talent, like Devonte Smith. He dominated college football, right? Dominated. He did go in the second round. This guy is... Also had some character flags. But that's the reason. Like, if Deshaun had been, like, Devontae Smith off the field in college, he would have gone in the top 20, but that was well before you ever took a small guy like John Ross went eight, which still is kind of crazy. And this guy's better than... It was a bad pick. This guy was better than Deshaun in college, and Deshaun was elite, and clearly way better than John Ross, but he is tiny, and he refused to get on a scale because of the weight... Because his agent knows how it's going to look. Yeah. Even though... I think he he probably has heard it, too. Like, it's... Wouldn't you be shocked? Like, he has been around the Waddles, all these guys in college. Like, they do get on scales. Have you seen John Mechie? Is he jacked John Mechie's jacked! Yeah. But don't you think over Julio like his three comes years, through? Don't you think those times when he's just working out with his offensive group, right? Waddle, Ruggs, Judy, Najee, all these guys, that a huge point of emphasis is to keep Devontae Smith, but they've, or I mean, Devontae Speed, but try to just put on a little more muscle. Yeah. Like he's just skinny yeah. relative to yeah. those guys. Guys go there. And, yeah, it's, it's certainly there's a natural element you're just going to have to accept. Now, Brian Flores, who's coaching him, seems like he thinks maybe you should accept it. Look at this guy. I'm reading a tweet from Eric Edholm. This is what Brian Flores said. Look, this guy's a very, very good player. If you're a good player, you can make whatever you want about a guy's size. Good players are good players. He said he made the biggest plays in the biggest games. Quote, you can nitpick all day. Um, He will get nitpicked, but at the end of the day, someone's going to be sitting there going, I could have Devontae Smith or I could pass on Devontae Smith. And when I watch the tape, the guy makes plays because he runs away from everybody. So how much is it really, I mean, it's going to hurt him because, you know, maybe he could be a top five pick if he looked like Julio, but that's, most guys aren't if he was a, if, he, if he was 190 pounds, let's say, 20 pounds heavier than I think people think he is. And I had no people that have gone into Alabama that said it's probably like 166 to 168. And we've looked at him even, he's just linear. Yeah. Skinny. And Alabama is not a place where people say, well, what we'll do is we'll get him into the NFL and get him into a real program and we'll put some meat on him. That has never been said once. Like, they're just not feeding him enough. It's like, God, can they stop feeding him? Is I There is validity to what Brian Flores is saying. There's also, I give the kid a lot of credit. Of every single human being at this senior bowl, he's the last one that needs to be there. He does not need to be there. He can just wait for the pro days. It's just, to me, it shows he's a high-level guy. Mac Jones is there, too. Like, the Bama guys recently have just been going to this. And I think a lot of the SEC guys, because it's just, if you're a high-character guy, you don't even need to play. Just get around Brian Flores. Like, it's, honestly, it's a good move. What, what team's he on? He's not playing in the game, but every day he gets to be around Brian Flores. And you get this quote that 
I don't think Brian Flores is just blowing smoke. What he said is true, right? You watch Devontae Smith play. Ohio State, which I'd have to dive into like the numbers and text around. I'd imagine of the 11 guys that started in the national championship game, several are going to be drafted over the next... I don't. Some of these guys are underclassmen, but are going to be drafted in the top three or four rounds. And every guy on that defense will at minimum be a NFL camp. And I'd say most of them will be practice squad guys at minimum. And he eviscerated them, right? And he'd been doing it all year long, but like that game was just like, holy shit. So I, the conversation's real. He, If you're in the 160 pounds, I know people listening that haven't had the opportunity to do this, but I've been at practices when I worked in the league, I've gone to a ton of games, staying on the sideline next to you at Raider games when these teams would come out. And depending on the team, some are bigger than others. They're all big. And I'll never forget some of those Marvin Lewis Bengals teams, those Denver Bronco teams. You're just looking at the Chiefs when Andy first got, they are fucking massive on defense. And you're going to run a screen for them. Just the, you know, the outside linebacker might hit you, right? Like you just, it is hard to avoid, even in a league that's quote unquote softer than the Steve Young, Brett Favre days. I think an older guy would be like, God, you're young. I mean, what about the Stabler days? Like those days now, we're 50 years away from those, just the 90s, even the 2000s. I do think there is there is valid risk in just discuss. Like this is a talking point. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It is. But, but I think it's fair. But I also think the more, this is to your point, not to take this in a different direction, but. Um, I think it makes so much sense for any player to go to the Senior Bowl unless they're the consensus number one pick because we see it repeatedly. The teams that coach the Senior Bowl draft players. Teams don't get that much time with you. They don't get that much information on you. They get 15-minute interviews and then maybe another interview and maybe you get a visit. Give them a chance to fall in love with you. I mean, I don't know if you saw when Phillip Rivers retired what Wade Phillips tweeted, but basically he made it very clear. Oh, he blocked you. Uh, Based on what? I don't know. I, I always follow them. I, I don't even think I talk shit about it. I don't know. He once liked one of my tweets, so I guess we're in different standing with Wade. But At Son of Bum? Is that what it is? Yeah. He posted it. He was trying to sell his house a few years ago, and I posted photos of it. Um, In your price range? No. <laughs> uh, but he uh, he basically said, like, we coached Philip in the Senior Bowl when I was in San Diego, and we fell in love with him. And it's it once you read that you go okay now I understand you don't need to know anything else to know why they traded for him, so you know I mean that's good move by Devonte, um, and I do think he does have a lot going in terms of the guy. Just watch him talk at the Heisman. Like I do think someone's going to go. This guy is all business. Guy he has one knock, kind of two knocks, and it's weird to say the second one's a knock because he is fast. When you are that small, Deshaun was faster. Like, Deshaun was a 4-3 guy and really explosive. This guy is going to run like 4-4-5, which me, you, and most NFL players is really fast. I do think, like, part of what made Rugg special, he was 4-2-8, and he was 1-90. So I, there is just, like, some guys are outliers. You and I have stood next to Tim Linscombe, met the guy. He's tiny, and in his peak was throwing 98. Like, this guy might just be a great player and dominate the NFL level at 170. I think the pushback from most NFL lifers would be like, you got to be careful with the outliers. Like, there is just, this is a, this is not risk adverse. There, like, this, there's a lot of risk involved. Yeah. Yeah. I've been saying for a long time and texted a couple of my buddies in the SEC, 
they believe that Jalen Waddle will go above Devontae Smith. And Jamar Chase, too? And Jamar, yeah. Jamar Chase is probably going to go top five, maybe. I mean, unless he runs like 4-8. I think he's fast. But but I just think most people would be like, yeah, Devontae Smith's the best wide receiver on Alabama in NFL draft rooms. I think it's fair to speculate that probably a majority of them will have Waddle above them. Now, that might mean like they have Waddle as a top 10 pick and, and Devontae as a top 18 pick. So it's not like they think the one guy sucks, but... Wouldn't you imagine the casual fan that just watched a couple playoff games would be like, that guy's the best yeah. receiver in the game? but country. it also might mean if he is an outlier, which I would say this about outliers, you usually don't find out they're outliers until they're in the NFL. It, predicting the outlier is the hard part, right? Yeah. You don't. You but didn't you know, know Tom Brady outlier, was the outlier. But you know, but you know he's an outlier right yes. away with a win. You know he'll need to become an outlier, right? But he might also be value if if you're right about that. Depending on what where if I goes. told you the Niners took him at twelve? I wouldn't love that pick. What if I told you, like, the Colts took him at 21? I would like that pick. Yeah. Stafford's going to need him. <laughs> yeah. with <laughs> Help that deep ball accuracy. Can we trade our first rounder, but also keep the first rounder? Is that possible? <laughs> but there's a mock draft for that, yes. <laughs> Time to talk about QB2, because QB1's not really a conversation. No, no, it's not. QB two, that's the convo. We, every mock draft, we you know we Daniel Jeremiah just as an example, he's got uh, QB one and QB two and QB three and QB four all going in the top eight picks. So yeah. that's the debate, right? For the next several months, is it Fields? Is it Trey Lance? Is it Zach Wilson? Where are we right now here at the end of January? You think? Would you say Mac Jones and Kyle Trask have no shot, you know, to be in, in the mix? I think they have no shot, but... I would say Kyle Trask doesn't because he doesn't have the physical attributes. I, I do think Mac Jones, there just could be a coach or two out there that could fall in love with the guy. And when I say that, just in the sense of, I would rather have Mac Jones in the second than take one of these guys in the top 15. Because I, I do think it's fair to think that for as much as a guy like me likes Justin Fields, because I'm like projecting, he has these physical attributes, he's high character, it's like his upside's really high. Sometimes half the coaches don't believe in that stuff. They do, you know, Kyle forever fell in love with the C.J. Beathard. There are a group of guys that just naturally gravitate toward like, I think if my team was good enough, like I could make the playoffs with a second-year Mac Jones. Where it's like, I got to do all this work, but it's like... But that wouldn't make him QB2 if he goes in the second round. No, but I... I wonder if there's going to be a segment of the teams, even drafting really high, that just won't. You can have quarterbacks ranked one through five and not really like three, four, and five. Yeah. Right? And have, if, if, let's say, Trevor goes one, and it does feel right now, most of the mock drafts, Daniel Jeremiah, number two, just feels like out there in the ether, Zach Wilson feels like number two Mm -hmm. as of right Mm now, that you might even remember, John. I just like mentioning this. When Lewis Riddick was on our podcast, he said it was Zach Wilson at number two. He thought going into the national title game, and certainly in retrospect, Justin Wilson did. Uh, Justin Fields didn't change Fields. that. Yeah. So I think people are kind of competing. There's just Trey Lance, probably one of the most unique prospects we've ever had. Not just a small school guy. Did not play. I mean, he played the one game. No one's going to count that. It's not even fair. Really just a one-year starter, and he's 20 years old coming from a small school, but he's just... He's a bigger, stronger athlete than Kyle Wilson. You know the pro- or excuse me, Zach Wilson. 
You know the issue with Zach Wilson, and that I've heard from the scouts that have gone through BYU, and when I say gone through digitally, because <laughs> this year the NFL banned you from going in. Now, you could see him live. Like, you could go, remember Adam Peters went to a game, could sit in the stands Didn't look as big? Is that what they're going to say? Yeah, 200 pounds is what I've heard. And so when we talk about Devontae Smith, got a lot of names flying through right now, uh, and he weighs in the 160s, weighing 200 pounds is not ideal. Like, just... Watching the Trey Lance video that or the picture, you what do you think he weighs? Two twenty, two twenty five. He's a big. What was Trevor Lawrence? Big. Justin Fields. You just see him standing next to Trevor Lawrence. You're like he's not small. Zach Wilson is going to be the smallest of the of the core four. Remember we used to do that with the Warriors, like the core four, the core four the of Yankees. this draft with the quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. I think the Yankees were the original core four. So when you start diving into it, and I I do wonder if. Do you think Josh Allen's emergence yes, I do. is gonna is gonna impact just the way I, people talk about in a draft room? One hundred percent I do. Because when you look at Trey Lance by the numbers, it's not as bad as Josh was. I mean, Trey Lance was the Walter Payton player that he was the player of the year in the FCS in twenty nineteen. Didn't he throw twenty eight touchdowns? No, no picks. picks. <laughs> Outdueled Ben DiNucci in the FCS championship game a year ago. I went and watched I went I watched that game and I watched his first round playoff game against Nichols. And um, if anyone has watched those games, we can DM about all the plays he made and didn't make. He was 6 of 10, I think, passing in the national title game. Trey Lance. Oh, I thought you meant Danucci. No. He threw 10 passes. Danucci threw like 30 balls. They won the game. North Dakota State won the game. Danucci was 22 of 33. But Trey Lance was 30 carries for 181 and a touchdown. Rushing. It was freezing cold. I mean, it was like 30 degrees. It was frigid. Yeah. Um, Trey Lance has a bunch of games. If you go look at Trey Lance's game log, you're like, wait a second. Like these are all like 220 yard passing games. What is going on here? Right. And then you flip on, I don't, you flip on the broadcast, not the tape. Yeah. I like to hear what they're saying. And they're like, well, here he is player of the year. This guy's a star. And then you watch him and you understand, like they were, ha- they wanted to pound the rock. I mean, they would run RPO, pistol, but but he's taken off. Well, yeah, he's taken off. But they ran the running backs a ton. Like they had a, they had a pro style mindset. When you watch, North they Dakota are the, State, they, well, they, they're Al, they're Alabama of D one AA. They are by far the best program. They win national championships all the time. They produce a bunch of pros now. And I'm not just talking Carson Wentz and this guy. Like, he plays with other guys that are going to be on rosters. Remember, like, this Easton is a, Stick was the other quarterback that, you know, he's around. Like, s- s- scouts go into North Dakota State and take it very, very seriously. Like, you're getting multiple NFL draft picks, and then every other year they're having, like, top 10 picks. They they play like a pro style. I just Their mentality is pro style. Like, smash mouth. Clearly, just if you watch him, that's what you come away thinking. And he looks a lot better than a lot of the – I just – Maybe it's just I'm on a high because I just watched a couple of his games. I really like him. Now he misses some throws. I got a take, I gotta, I gotta take for it. But him. he has the mobility and the arm strength. You watch Josh Allen, you go, okay. Did we talk about it on the podcast or we just make a video about Robert Sala refusing to talk about Sam Darnold? He refuses to name him the starter. I, don't, I, I think I, we talked about making a video and we didn't do it. Gotcha. <laughs> so Robert Sala has, he's done about 50 interviews. Every single one I, I gets put on my different feeds and will not touch Sam Darnold as like naming him the starter. Like the opposite of what Les Snead's like, yeah, he's not our starter right now. We'll just see what happens. 
Robert Sala is the opposite. Like, I love the guy. I love the guy. Was he going to be your starter? Yeah, we don't name, you know, everyone. No. Is the guy your starter? It's an easy one. My take on this guy. Remember when Kevin Durant the last season, it just got really weird? Because I think it was hard for Kevin Durant to keep lying. He's like, guys, he he couldn't have just said, I'm leaving. I'm not going to be here. But it's like, it was a weird spot. So he went for like a month. Remember, it was like he refused to talk. I just think he was tired of it. He didn't want to say what... He actually thought, I think Robert Sala, you know what the move would be if you're Robert Sala? Go Cliff Kingsbury. Lie. Robert Sala, I don't think, that that's not in his DNA. He's not like, I think Sam Darnold's gone. Because if he wasn't, you would just name him, yeah, he's going to be our starter. Even if it was a bold-faced lie. You trade Sam Darnold, doesn't it make the most sense when you've just played Josh Allen in your division? So if you're Joe Douglas, you've seen him twice. Sala got worked by Josh Allen. Wouldn't you take a huge swing on this guy? Potentially, if like I, I don't know enough about the character stuff, like let's just say all that stuff's good. It just seems the raw everything I've read is high level guy. Ceiling could be high. Uh, cold weather. Yeah, are you going to take a two hundred pound quarterback in New York? It just I like Zach Wilson as much as anyone, but the weight matters. I think it's going to be hard for Trey Lance to be. You you kind of expect you want to get out early on this Trey Lance to go number two overall. You think that's possible? I think it's possible because I think every I think the other two guys are really hard, but um, to be like they're you know they're not I, I think we'll get to the draft and there's not going to be a consensus on QB two right between now and the draft there's just not going to be a consensus. If Josh if Josh Allen had had Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold's numbers in college, he would have gone number one overall. Right, his knock was like, God, his stats are shitty. Right. If he had good stats, I don't even think it would have been a question. And he still went seventh. The thing about Carson, guy, how high Carson went. Now, this guy doesn't... I mean, he's physically... He's Carson's equal. He, he runs more. I don't know. How, I don't remember how much Carson ran what's in college. His, but. What, what's his only knock? He just has played one season, yeah. right? Because he's 20. And he, he redshirted. Then he started. And redshirting it like he redshirted North Dakota State. Yeah, they win national championships. Then he starts, wins the national championship. And then one double A, their seat, the whole conference, right, or the division got canceled. Yeah. Here's the other thing you give him credit for, John. He, I think the other knock would be the stats like, weren't great in the in the little shotgun game, right? Yeah, you don't. He doesn't have like just back to just not. It's not all a bunch of 325 yard passing games, right? No, but my point is the one game he played this year against like Arkansas State or whatever was not good. I didn't even look State at that like game because it was such yeah. an out, weird ah, game. It doesn't even count. But he did his his whatever his red shirt freshman year. He played they. They played 16 games, and they went 16-0. Didn't throw a pick. So he never lost a game in the two years that he played there. Yeah, he didn't. Right? <laughs> so this guy, I think it's easier. In 2000, if this was 25 years ago, this guy is probably going like the second round. I, I think the way the world works now, I think the, the success of some of these guys, like even Carson, his knock is like, God, is he just not a great guy? Like, what's his deal? No one argues like his his physical attributes hasn't translated, right? It's like physically, he's always one of the most physically gifted guys on the field every game he's ever played. So I actually think Carson, in a weird way, helps him too, just from a talent perspective. Like the talent translates, right? Yep. And then Josh Allen, yeah, I think it's fair to say to guess that there's a, if the momentum can build, right? This guy has good pro days. And you could argue that there's actually not as much momentum to go the other way, right? There's no combine. There's not like he's just going to have the one pro day. He gets to run that. They'll just do it in the bubble of North Dakota State. It'll be good because it'll be with his teammates. It'll just be positive. 
how does he not end up just gaining a lot of momentum down this kind of avalanche of buzz? Honestly, Justin Fields might be the guy that falls because it's really easy to nitpick him. Yeah. Yeah. To the Niners at 12. Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, Eastern Illinois, also uh, Walter Payton Award winner in 2013. So was Tyler Heineke the year before Jimmy. Didn't Tony Romo win that? Like, Romo oh, won in 02. Uh, Brian Westbrook, names. your boy, won in 01. Okay. The year before. Adrian Peterson won at 99. Different Adrian Peterson? <laughs> Any good names like the last five or six Jer- years that are guys are in the Jer- Jer- Jerry Azuma. Uh, Cooper Cup in 15. Jimmy G in 13. Devlin Hodges won it two years ago uh, in 2018. So there are some... This is pretty... Imp- is that Duck? Duck Hodges, yeah. <laughs> uh, so you, you win this award, you play in Steve the McNair. Well, some guy named Jeremiah Briscoe from Sam Houston State won it back-to-back years. Did he turn into a pro? Never heard of him. Steve McNair, McNee State? Yep. Doug Nussmeyer, oh. Idaho. <laughs> Dave Meggett, remember him? He was a good player. Won it in 88. So it's become much more in vogue now, I think, to play in that conference if you're on the right team and be good. Like, you can get also remember this guy's story was no one else wanted him as a quarterback. That's where he could go as a quarterback. So that's where he went. I don't, I don't honestly, I don't know that much about the Trey Lance. Yeah, he just, I'm, I'm a quarterback. This is the only place that's going to give me the chance to be a quarterback. And he went to the right and he place. He went to the right place. Pac 12 screwed up on that. So one. he could be, he been all over put this it this way. Where's he fr- Do you know where he's from? Uh, do you, Minnesota. Do you remember, uh, Marshall, Minnesota. Oh, I was thinking, do you remember when, uh, wasn't Osweiler from like, uh, random like North Dakota or Boise, like in the middle of nowhere? And he's like, he played seven man football and it just, he's from Coeur d'Alene. It's always a weird, it always yeah, feels like there's a weird story with the group of like in that little area, yeah. like the Midwest. It's like, it's easy to go under the, you never like, yeah, this guy just was in Sacramento and nobody, no, that guy always goes somewhere. The guy was in LA or that guy was in Texas. But if you're in like, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, or like little town in Minnesota. Like, yeah, the Big Ten, the Pac-12 said kick rocks, and I ended up in North Dakota State. It never happens to like, dude was playing in Oakland, and just, you know, no one would give him a look. It's it, Where you play does matter a little bit in high school for some yeah. of these guys in these small towns. Uh, here, here, Marshall, Minnesota. Here will, guy, he's 6'4", 230. He's 6'4 now? Well, that's his wiki. Oh. Um. I, I, if I just eyeballing him, I saw six, three, two, twenty eight, two thirty. That'd be my guess. But let's go to the updated North Dakota State uh, bio. What does that say? Well, you, they probably you haven't weighed him like, since twenty nineteen. Guy, that's like a, that's like a dating profile. It's like you go to my dating. Well, I know, but <laughs> you know, I, mean, I understand. But I'm just saying. Just, I bet it's more like it's at least closer. I would say. I trust it. Not trust it. No, nothing like going to like. Uh, let's just go to the uh, the home bios for the the Fresno State basketball teams. Like every dude's like six six plus. Like this guy's like six one. I know, but I do, key in basketball. No, but I'm I would not. guess the guy's big. His pro day is going to be two twenty one is what he was in twenty nineteen. That looks that sounds right. Just looking at him. Yeah. Um, Carson's a little taller. Here's the here's the prediction. I'm not ready to say like he'll I'm, be the second. Like Zach, Zach, what do you think Zach is? Yeah, six one. Yeah, I'm not ready He's to the say that of the group. Trey Lance would be the second. But I'm. I think I would. I will not. I, I kind of think he's going to go ahead of Fields. Trey Lance ahead of Fields. What do you think of that? That would make Fields QB four uh, potentially. Do you think all four guys go in the top fifteen? I do. Yeah, I do. I think there's a decent chance Fields goes fourth. 
I also think for the love on Zach Wilson, I could see it getting a little interesting in the moment. It's like, God, he uh, he st- he was shade under 6'1", and he weighed 202 pounds, if that's the case. Like, then it's like, and all the other guys are like, big, big, big. Trey Lance could go too, then, if that's the case. Yeah. I, well, I think the weigh-in and the pro day stuff will be good for Trey Lance. It will be. All right, John, mailbag time. Uh, we ask you, it's very oh. simple, go to the iTunes page. Give our podcast a review. We appreciate that. And then uh, in your review, leave a question, and that's how you ask us a mailbag question. Smart. Makes sense. Oh, by the way, before we get into that, too, I'll tell you a text I got from a buddy who listens to the podcast. I won't name him because uh, he works in the uh, Warriors. uh, He's on the finance side of the Warriors. He texted me and said, Rick Wells was listening to you guys, and He's like uh, WNBA franchise cost. He's like, they're not quite 15 million, but they're almost 15 million. They're definitely not 1 million. And I was like, well, how does that make sense? He's like, well, it's the intellectual property. You're buying the IP. So there you go. Yeah. Gotcha. Anyway. All right. You want to read the first mailbag question? You want me to? You do it. I got to pull it up. All right. I'll read this one from Hunter. Hunter says, he titles this, five stars, he titles this, uh, five stars, no Tennessee McDonald's. I don't know what it means, but it makes me laugh. I mean, I know what he's referring to. Huge fans since the Jack Del Rio days. Highly value your guys' takes. Question is mostly for John, given your history in the NFL. I just got accepted to UNLV, and they have a program in sports management. I want to work in the league because football's always been the only thing that gives me joy. Same. I guess my question is, what's your advice for someone who wants to go down a similar path as you did? I know you had a good opportunity with Coach Hill, but I'm not sure everyone in the league was born with connections. Let me know. Thanks for entertaining me, guys. Also, Guy, you're the man. I appreciate you including me, Hunter, in that mailbag question. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I didn't start out with Coach Hill. I started at Cal Poly, and UNLV is in a much bigger conference than Cal Poly being in the Mountain West. I would just go work for UNLV. You know they're gonna they are gonna be a lower budget operation than you know a USC or Texas or whatever. It's actually easier to get in. I you know to help them in recruiting. If you want to work in you know scouting, just go uh, go volunteer. You know you're a college kid. You don't have anything else to do anyway. Uh, I, I I would be shocked if there are many people at UNLV lined up to work in the program. And the, the simple reality is in Division One football, which on the West Coast, there aren't that many programs, right? There's all the Pac-12 schools. There's Fresno, San Diego, San Jose, Reno, and UNLV. And then there's like the D1AA, but you're going through Vegas because on your way to ve- through Vegas is the Utah schools, which definitely produce a lot. I would just, that would be my advice. And then just, I didn't know Coach Hill until I started working there. So you just develop, yeah. you know? Yeah, I'll tell you this right now, John. Having, I called a couple UNLV games this year. Mark, they have some guys. Marcus Arroyo, the head coach. Here's what I would do, uh, Hunter. I would go right now to the UNLV website. Marcus Arroyo's email's not there, but his executive assistant's email is there. And I would email her. See, I, what do you think? Here, here's where I'd push back. You tell me what on to do. that. I, you're on the right path. I wouldn't waste time with the head coach because the head coach can be too much other stuff. Find out on their list their coach is the recruiting coordinator. But uh, emails there too. Yep, and maybe it's an individual. Maybe it's an individual, not even a coach. In email that guy. You could. I mean, the head coach doesn't hurt either. I'd email the head coach, but it just there's a chance that that just gets deleted. You email the recruiting coordinator. You have a better chance of getting. A or recruit. the video coordinator, or the director of football ops. Any of those guys, I would email. Two them of all. them are women, so don't say guys. How about that? Them too. 
Yeah. Shelby McIntyre, cool director of recruiting and high school relations. Brittany, uh, I think I'm not sure how to pronounce her last name. I think she played soccer at San Jose State or something like that. But uh, I could be getting my schools mixed up. But anyway, because I I, w- I would Bob. say just show up. It's hard, but right it's now. a little harder yeah. right now. Yeah. There you go. I think Jed F- Jed Fish used to knock every day on. Uh, no, he left. Didn't he Spurs leave a note window? on Spurrier's car every day? Yeah, sticky note. That made that was it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's good advice, John. How did you get in with you at uh, Cal Poly? Just walked. Just in. walked in. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, hey, I'm. You might know me from the student newspaper. Johnny in the box is my column. Your your great adva- advantage, and you know this at Fresno State, is like if you would have tried to do what you did at Syracuse, would you have just got a radio show? No, immediately. You know what happened at Fresno State is I walked into the the student radio station. Was like, hey, I want to do some games, and they're like, bring me a tape. And I went home and made a tape. And two days later, I came back and I'm like, here's the tape. And they're like, cool. Softball games are next week. <laughs> Basically, you know, you know how I got Johnny in the box. Because one day, you know, like when you have to sign up for classes, and you're like, God, I don't want to take any of these fucking classes. And I just found sports journalism. I'm like, in. Frank Stranzel, who I think is like the vice president of the San Jose Earthquakes, was the tracks. He was like a 400-meter guy, Cal Poly track team. Also, editor of the paper. I'm like, Frank, I read Bill Simmons. Can I write a piece? He's like, Middlecoff, you're in. Johnny in the Box created. Like, <laughs> just bam, bam, boom. <laughs> You should have. Have you ever done a Cal Poly uh, basketball game? Yes, like two you know, or three Eric years ago. They played at Cal. Is he still there? Huh? Who's? Do you remember the SID for them? Uh, I don't remember his name, but I remember that he is somebody you know because I've talked to him about you. But if you might have been a younger guy, no, I've talked to him about Middlecoff, the SID there. Yeah, there's a couple. Yeah, but I do remember but having Eric that conversation. I, I'd have to go back and double check his name. But nice I'll guy. never forget. I then I become good friends with Eric who was the SID for the school. And at Cal Poly, like at at Alabama, for example, he has one PR guy just dedicated for Nick. Honestly, the football team probably has like two or three. At Cal Poly, the guy incorporates the entire athletic department. One day I went in there just to bullshit. College was, no, you could do whatever you wanted. It was great. <laughs> and he's like, got a phone call. And he's like, it's Mel Kuyper. And Mel Kuyper was calling back in 2005. Ramsey's Barton? No, it was Chris Gokon. Oh. And he would just call and he would just, back then you would just call individual schools because it was probably YouTube didn't exist. You couldn't have any tape on Chris Gokong, and he was just getting information. Mel Kuyper was a grind. I mean, still probably is, but like it was a little, it's way easier now, text and stuff. Back then you had to like manually call the schools. I respect that. was Mel a hustle, grind. Man. Hell yeah. All right. You got another one? You want me to read the other one? Do you have them? Read the other one. Yeah. Uh, we got a couple more here. This is from uh, Vumbaka Racing. Do you think that's like a racing team and they all listen while they're in the garage? That's a good question. Fixing uh, valves and headers. Uh, he says, uh, five stars, thank you. I've been listening to the uh, ham pod for a while now. and I keep saying you guys deserve a national show that airs five days a week. Maybe we don't want one. Uh, we're national on YouTube and podcast. But anyway, this is a complimentary thing. I appreciate the writing. John and Guy have uh, great takes and are very entertaining. Lately, it seems like there is nothing new or fresh in terms of sports commentary on television, so it's nice to have a show I actually listen to every week. Should we, uh, by the way, in our mailbags, just read all the compliments like this or just get to the questions? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, I live in Jersey, and uh, you can't play golf outside. It's too cold. You need good sports talk. Here we go. Here's the question. You guys <laughs> you guys are covering the Niners when the Niners fired Harbaugh, ultimately choosing Balky over him after witnessing that mess. Are you surprised to see Balky back as a GM in the NFL before Harbaugh came back as a coach in the NFL? 
I'll tell you my answer in short, no. Why not? Because I think Harbaugh established himself as the more difficult one for owners and GMs to work with. I think an underrated part for Balky that I think they get lumped together like like you said. Just they just prickly. Just both guys edgy. Big egos. And I don't think any of that's changed. I do think looking back, like Trent Balky is the politician. Jim Harbaugh is just the tornado of a football coach. It can't be argued now that Trent Balky has this when you just ask a casual fan, you'd be like, just this former scout just watches tape and I don't even know if he's that good at picking players. I think he's actually more of like a rubbing elbows with the people that matter. And I don't think he gets enough credit for that guy because his career flamed out and then a couple of years later, a couple years later, remember after he got fired, he got a job immediately in the league office. Remember that? Like they, just some like fake job in the league office when he sold his place here and it was like helping someone out. It's like, well, that's that shows you he's in with some people. And then he gets this job with a very expensive owner and a head coach that, I don't know, is one of the more famous head coaches to come into the NFL in a long time that wasn't like already in the league, probably since like Chip with the Eagles. And it's this is probably different because people have been courting Urban for a long time. I think you can't underestimate Urban, or I mean, Balky's ability to like, su- I don't know how he does it, well, but clearly can speak the owner's language. Yeah, I mean, look, part of this is he he was legitimate general manager. Like they they had some whiff. No, they I, took some. I'm, I'm, but I just mean like I think he gets along with the guy worth a billion dollars a lot more seamlessly than I think we always kind of just assume really rough around the edges, old school scout guy. Yeah, just, like uh, yeah. just we love this checks all the boxes, yeah. you know. That's like checks all the. I boxes. think that like I I bet if you ask Shad Khan right now, he'd be like, God, I really like Trent. He's just likable to the boss. And when I say the boss in the NFL, it's the owner. Jed loved him. Guy, they just they hired Urban Meyer and somehow Trent Baalke became his GM, even though we've discussed it actually makes some sense. It is kind of crazy. I know, but Trent was there, but it is crazy. Yes, it is crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Phil Savage always told me, he's like, coaches get a second opportunity, general managers just do not. Look at Tom, Thomas Dimitrov's never going to be a GM again. Scott Pioli never going to be a GM again. You get more time, back. though. Not always, but Dimitrov got a long run. He did. A lot of money. Long run. Uh, this is from uh, Triton Eye 49. Five-star review. Thank you. These guys are great. Favorite sports pod by a mile. Question. Looks like the Packers are done this year. With LaFleur's weak goal line call leading to another disappointing season end for Rodgers and a first-round QB in the wings, what are the odds Alex, uh, Aaron, he said A-Rod, quietly asked for a trade and what would the comp look like? Uh... Again, we did a YouTube video about Aaron since he since this comment was posted. He talked to McAfee. Doesn't seem like he's going anywhere. But, but there's a- if Aaron Rodgers, if the Packers said today, Schefter tweeted out. Sources say Packers open to trading Aaron Rodgers. Gudikin says give him a buzz. Two first, two seconds, like just go all in in the short term. He's under contract. If I told you the Niners acquired Aaron Rodgers and they gave their two firsts and two seconds, would that be that nuts? No. It almost feels like the Packers aren't getting enough. (laughs) He's the MVP of the league. How about two ones, two twos, and Garoppolo? Well, they got Jordan Love. (laughs) I guess. He's the third-string quarterback. Yeah, no. Uh, Do you think if Jordan Love... Two two twos and two ones doesn't feel like enough. But he's 37. I know, but he's just... 
You put him on your team, what, you go to the if, Super Bowl next year. If I told you right now that the Packers thought Jordan Love was Mahomes, like he had been the backup, and it's like Rodgers won the MVP, but Jordan Love looks like Aaron Rodgers 2.0, and that was just growing. Do you think they would trade him this offseason because of the contract and just you could just you want to start you want to go all in on the rookie contract? Uh, yeah, I think you could justify if you think Jordan because his value. That's I said, is I, the other day, I, last time, on Sunday, we talked about this. The only way you could do it is if you thought Jordan Love was ready to be a star. And as you said, how could you think that right now? But I'm just saying, if you thought that, you could do it. You could. You could not. I get what you're saying, like how great he is. How could you justify as another team giving three first rounders for a guy that's 37? We'll be 38 next year. I know. But like, let's say, all right, here's a, here's if a question. If I told you he was going to have a Brady like run though, 37. If, here, yeah, here's a question. Do it. What now that we know the Bucks are in the Super Bowl? Let's say they had to trade for Tom. If they had traded three ones for Tom, would we be looking at it right now and say the Bucks gave up too much for Tom Brady? I mean, guy, that'd be pretty. It would nice. be, but what are you doing any of this for? To win a championship? Yeah. Well, they'd be like, well, we're in the Super Bowl, so that picks 31, 32, right? Ta- yeah. Tom it. will be our quarterback next year too, so no biggie. Because you would always give the following years thirty one or thirty two, meaning you were in the Super Bowl. You would do that every yeah, year. Yeah, it might right? hurt in twenty twenty three when Brady's gone and you don't have a first rounder, and you don't and you don't have the other two guys like under contract that are good players, right? Yep. Yeah, I think they would do whatever it takes to get this Super Now, you could argue the best thing for your business is not to win championships. It's just to, like, have a chance for a decade. Well, and you well, don't do that worth... by trading first-rounders all the time. But The Bucks gave two first-rounders, I think, in a second for Gruden. That was worth it, right? They won the Super Bowl yeah. next year. So, yeah, Tom Brady, it would have been worth it. So, should the Patriots have franchised him and traded him? His value, yeah. it's weird. His value's gone up since. But, yeah. But they could have got maybe like a second for him or something, right? I think part of remember he restructured and they couldn't franchise him. Oh, remember that? Yeah, like two years ago. Right. Uh last question here, this is from Ben. He says, uh, just want to get your opinion on the current Dolphin situation. A lot's made of Stafford to the Colts to the Niners, but what about Stafford to the Finns? You know, he's a real Dolphin fan because he says Finns. Uh we talk about Deshaun to the Finns all the time. But what about what if you were the Lions? And you could flip you know, Tua. Underrated franchise that's just out there is like you meet random Dolphin fans that are like our age in their 30s. Anthony Slater is a big uh, Dolphins fan. You just meet some random people. But they their fan base, I would imagine, because they were so good in the 70s and then the Marino era, a lot of people's maybe dad was a Dolphins fan, so you just kind of fell for them if you're like between 35 and 45, right? Just when sure. you're growing up. I mean, I had a Marino jersey. Yeah, I, I think they're an underrated sneaky fan base just nationally out there. You'll just I bet you could go most places and just meet if there's sports fans there, find a Dolphin fan. Uh he said Stafford to the Dolphins. Yeah, he said, What about Stafford to the Dolphins? Would you rather give like pick tw- you know, their second second rounder for Stafford? If you what if you could do that? I, yeah, it's not out of their own possibility. Because they got they got multiple first right. round picks, right? So you trade the other first rounder. You're not. Getting I don't think I would do it if I was Dolphins. Stafford. Why not? Well, if I'm going to bail on Tua, it's going to be because I think I've got a different quarterback of the future that I think is better. Yeah, but what if you just view Matt Stafford as dramatically better and he can play for another seven? Yeah, years? I mean, it's you know, you get him in the warmth. His back will be nice and warm. You play in Miami, but you also play in some cold places when you're the Dolphins. 
Yeah, I mean, he he's playing the NFC North. Um, no, I understand. I I just saying, like, I'd have to. I if I'm gonna give up on two, I'd kind of want to do it for my next future quarterback. But uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, the the Dolphins might look at it and go, "Hey, plans have changed. Like, we're good now. If, if, Let's be good. Let's be really good. If, we can if win the division." Open to giving, if they're open to giving up on Tua, which it feels that way, no recent reports, then they're out on Tua. Right. right. If you're open to it, then it's, <laughs> then you might as well do something now. Yeah, I actually think they would get some credit. What if you got Matt Stafford and then drafted like Jamar Chase third? And your defense is already good, and you just think, like, we're going to make the playoffs next year. Guy, they almost made the playoffs with, like, Fitzpatrick and this Tua combo. You don't think they'd make the playoffs with No, I do. I think they'd win the division. (laughs) Over the Bills? Well, I mean, they were right there this year. I shouldn't say I think they they would, but they could. Yeah. Yeah, they could. I think they would be a stealth team. Then you just, like, you keep Tua? No, you might include him in the trade. Do you? Well, how about your first and Tua instead of your first and your second? Would you do that? What's if you're the better? Dolphins? I mean, the Lions. Their second, their first, their first round pick, the later yep. one, which is they missed the playoffs, but it's probably like twenty. I can tell you, right? Yeah. They were the first team out. They won eleven or ten games. So pick twenty and Tua. Right. What what trades better? Twenty yes. and Tua, Jimmy and pick twelve. Oh, that's, you. Mm. Pick twelve is way better than twenty. And two is way I can better. Trade back and and two is a better asset than Jimmy. Cheaper and just yes. more unknown. Yeah. I mean, I'd probably ugh. if to me, if you think Tua could be good if you're the Lions, then that's the better pick. That's the better trade. Like if you were Dan Campbell and you knew Sean Payton like Tua, you're like, I think Tua could be. Pretty What's good. the better trade though? Right. Tua, the second first round pick, and Tua, or the second first round pick and one of your twos. Is Tua more valuable than one of your second round picks? Yeah, because he can just play quarterback and he's relatively yeah, I, cheap. So that that deal would be a pretty good deal if you're. And I don't think anyone might holds be too you rich. to it. Is that too rich for Stafford? A one and Tua? Uh, no. I mean, it, the bidding's open, so who knows? They do need a quarterback, guy. Right? You know. Uh, they do need someone to play the quarterback position, and it's an easy one for Dan Campbell and. I want to call him Larry Holmes, whoever the GM is, something last name Holmes. Like, you're not necessarily bounded to it. You're like, yeah, we just got to throw in with our first rounder. So we just wanted to play him for a couple years. Let's pick 18. They draft one spot behind. I'd say, eight, I'd say, eight, I'd say 18 and Tua is better than 12 and Jimmy. Do you know who drafts 17? Cowboys? Raiders. Is this this year's draft? What am I looking at? <laughs> Did you think that was too low? Well, it's just funny. It's just like the Raiders season felt like a disaster. The Miami season felt like a dream, and they're drafting one spot apart. Miami's drafting ahead of the Washington football team. I mean, Miami's drafting ahead of Chicago. Chicago's going to be like, what? How do we go 8-8? How's that that possible? Didn't the Dolphins win 10 games? Yeah. I don't don't get it. Did Chicago make the playoffs? Why are they drafting ahead of? Oh, yeah, yeah, they did. They did? Who'd they play? The Saints, remember that ugly no. game? Yeah, Romo was at home. It was oh, that's right, that's right. <laughs> All right, good mailbag questions, everybody. Yeah, it was good. Holler like at us. Yeah, I do too. Peace. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.